Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Country, hello. This is the Eyes on Isles podcast powered by the Fan Sided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono. Follow me on Twitter at Isles Fix and subscribe to our Monday through Friday Islanders newsletter. And I am joined once again by our full time recurring guest, Andy. We made it. Playoffs, baby. Playoffs. How you doing, sir? Well, I, I just want to say, I'm going to do my best, and I, I really apologize to any sort of just, you know, regular people. Because, you know, I was thinking today, like regular, the re- people. like, regular people should just be able to casually watch and say, hey, I just want to see the Islanders make the play. They made the play, and they should be able to high-five their next-door neighbor. And 1,000%, I want every regular fan to rejoice. Um, but the last couple of days, I just couldn't get that last game out of my head and even after tonight i'm not even thinking about the win tonight like yes they they won the game against montreal i picked them to win you saw the sniffs that i dropped in the chat but i just need to know how they showed up in washington should we get that that really gonna how we're gonna start this this no i'm sorry all right let's go let's get that that's why i said all right so first of all really can i tell you something i was offered tickets to tonight's game. My friend, my college roommate, Greg, who I went to the Bruce Springsteen with, concert with on Easter Sunday night, we were both watching the Blackhawks game against the Penguins. Blackhawks win. I get a text from him. You want to go to the game tomorrow night? You know what my response back was? I would love to go. It's going to be electric. But, it's going to be tremendous. Amazing but, atmosphere. But, but I'm hosting a podcast with Andy Francis immediately after oh, the yeah, game. Okay. And that's where my loyalties are. The funny thing is, I was asked to go to the game, and I didn't do it because of this. And I'm not even kidding. But <laughs> are you serious? I if you would have told the me that, then I would have said the same thing, and then we would have both been at uh, the arena tonight. 
I don't want to tell you the actual truth. That is 40% of it because I know that we were going back and forth between, you know, I asked you about Monday, then you asked me about Tuesday. So it's like, all right, there's no backing out of Wednesday. So that was about 35 to 40% was the obligation here. And the other 60% was the thing that I, I don't want to bring up until later until we talk about good times <laughs> yeah, first. All right. Let's talk about this game, too. You were 100% for me the reason, plus a very long commute, and uh, was no chance I was going to get there after work for 7 o'clock. Those things yeah. may have also factored in. Maybe a 7.30 start. Possibly I could have swung. 7 o'clock, We spoke no about chance. this already. You only see your friends at weddings and funerals, and eventually when they're all married, only funerals. Concerts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> funerals and spring <laughs> um but the islanders listen are in the playoffs and what a strange season it's been um i tweeted this out earlier this morning that it's a season that feels like a lot more went wrong than went right and they still were in the position they were in and they get the regulation win and then we'll see what happens thursday night here carolina and florida which i know you've been harping on it uh for months now that the, the, the size of the difference between being not only playing the Boston Bruins, because even if you could come through and have this magical Columbus Blue Jackets against Tampa Bay Lightning type victory in round one, what's awaiting you on the other side, the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Toronto Maple Leafs, comparatively speaking to playing the Carolina Hurricanes, who I know you've basically have categorized as the sixth best team in the Eastern Conference right now and then playing the winner of the Devils and the New York Rangers, two teams, both very good, high-powered, but with flaws. And there was a point when I was thinking about you during the broadcast where they showed the potential playoff brackets, and they showed uh, that many of these matchups had yet to be determined, and then they filled it in as to what it would look like if the Islanders you know, were the eighth seed. And it really hits you about how difficult that bracket is at the top compared to the bottom. You're looking at the bottom of the teams, you're going, wow. So Carolina, Florida, Rangers, and Devils, one of those teams are going to be in the conference finals. And then you look at the top and you go, two of those teams are going to get knocked out in the first round. Um, or at least it's, it's quite amazing. I Earlier in the year, when I was talking about these teams, and I always alluded to playoffs. This doesn't work in playoffs. This works in playoffs. I was always thinking macro, not micro. And, you know, people who just, you know, go down one block at a time, eventually when they get to the mountain, the top, the uh, foot of the mountain, and then you look up, they go, uh-oh. And the whole time I'm all the way back, I'm just looking down the distance. And I, you knew this was going to be the nightmare. And I've said the whole time, it's wild card one or nothing. I'll continue that tonight because there is that chance that 50 50 chance that we will get the scam bracket and i know you you're hesitant to use that but when you talk about the stanley cup favorites the majority of the stanley cup favorites are all coming from the other division on the eastern conference now i would have said that wasn't the case even a month ago I really was high on the Carolina Hurricanes. I thought they made the necessary offseason moves where they got a, a, a defenseman who could work the power play and shoot, and he's way different than D'Angelo. Perfect playoff type of player. Added Pacioretty to the right side on that power play, adding them to all their weapons that they already had, those mid-tier weapons like Sveshnikov. I don't, don't want to say mid-tier, but like upper mid-tier Sveshnikov and Aho. I really had them going to the conference finals and I swear to you, it was going to be a 50-50 versus the Bruins because we see how they play the Bruins. Every time this year, 
they were they went uh you know all those games were one goal games they beat them in the playoffs last year but once they lost Sveshnikov and Pacioretty and then don't forget they they lost Trocek, Niederreiter, Domi. So they're you're looking at the same roster that went there and all those guys are off it plus their bet, highest scoring forward and the guy that they got to replace the lost players. I mean they are that's what I mean when I say sixth best team. I had them as the second best team. But after these losses you see they're losing so many games that they never would have lost against teams that they never would have lost against Ottawa Detroit you name it they never used to lose consecutive games to teams of that caliber earlier they are ripe for the picking so I just want to set the stage as to why I was this disappointed the other night because I knew it's right there for us now you have I thought between Carolina and Toronto one point was going to be dropped by Florida or even if they won in that uh, in a shootout, we would have had the tiebreaker. So I knew so just get to an overtime, one of those two teams who's really good, and we got the scam bracket. Surely, Washington's never won a game without Ovechkin. Oh, and six. This is why I was so devastated. And, you know, the same way I think macro with the bracket, I think macro in terms of, okay, the, you're simulating – what a playoff situation was like on the road. You need to win a game. And I still have no idea why they didn't show up. And Could be all worse. the answers after the game were perplexing though. Nobody had answers. That was the weird thing. Yeah. Everybody there were questions around like, the intensity hey. and the urgency. And, um, you know, some of the players were like, yeah, we didn't come out enough. Like Casey Zizekas said that Brock said it to a lesser extent than Zach Parisi is probably just thinking about himself <laughs> and saying, nah, there was urgency there. I, I don't think yeah. that's fair, but like, it's like, Zach, I know that's you. Uh, what about the rest of your, your teammates necessarily? I feel like that game when I remember seeing the tweet during the course of the day, when it was Ovechkin's not going to play, Oshie's not going to play. And it was like, Oh, I should feel good about this, but this feels odd. This feels off. And then, I mean, I had the experience that a lot of people had where it was a 7 o'clock start, doing things around the house, got things with the kids, finally got to turn it on. Literally, I saw the, the face-off after the second goal and did like a double take and did an audible, like, what? Like, that startled the children and my <laughs> wife because it was like, what's going on? I'm like, that can't be right. Ran to the phone and like had to see the actual, you know, scores on the box score. And uh, they, you know, they had that push um, for the next 10 minutes where you're, you're like, okay, th there's a lot of time left here. They get the next one. They're going to build momentum. And Kevin Kurz, you know, summed it up well in an article for The Athletic the other day that all the bad habits, all the things that you're worried about, the slow start, the inept power play, and the inability to finish five on five was all on display in that game because um, they had those chances. They hit a couple posts, had some great ace opportunities. And then basically when Washington made it three, nothing, the second period was, was a dud um, scored some goals late, but put that aside, Andy, right. We all yeah. felt after that game that this was done because of how, what the Pittsburgh Penguins schedule looked like that they had a pair of home games against the two teams that are in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Now I know you've said, and you told me and you've told other people you just can't count any game as a win when you're talking about these mediocre type teams with the Islanders and the Penguins. But we, these weren't just bad teams. This wasn't like yeah. they were playing the Washington Capitals. These were the worst teams in the league that are, were on their schedule. And uh, Chicago had lost 12 out of 13. But I tell you what, I watched that game from 
first period to the end of the game, and early on, it felt ominous for the Penguins. There were just signs in that game early on that went, wait a second here. Something feels off. The big saves by Morazic, the block shots, et cetera, and the, and the first goal, of course. Look at all these games. All these teams who are bottom dwellers, if you score the first game, they're mentally kind of checked out. They, they have no – if they start on the right foot, now that's it. They're invested. So whether you're staying at 0-0 or they go up one ahead, now you're in an actual dogfight. You get that first goal, and you get – I mean, forget about the second goal. But if you get that first goal, it makes everything that much easier because that little extra effort that that other team would have given, if it was a tie game or they're up one, it's maybe just even 15% less. And each goal that you go up after that, it becomes easier and easier. Now, I know you saw Montreal get a couple of goals tonight. One was on a brutal Dobson turnover. Another is on a ridiculous, ridiculous. shorthand. But when you, but even with that said, when you had the lead, it wasn't relinquished because it puts the onus on them to be desperate. And there's no reason for them to be desperate. They're out of the playoffs. So that first goal was huge. And the reason that like, I'm just upset about it's great. They won tonight, but it feels like a job. Our dad had to give us, we didn't earn it. Like you had to win the two games to earn the playoff spot. Our dad did something the Penguins just lost. Like that has nothing to do with us, and that bothers me. That the yeah, well, I think you're being a little win. harsh, right? Because if you look at totality from harsh? the idea that they did not earn it, because every team got a little bit of help at some point. I mean, even Florida has received help along the way by the Penguins of how often they stumbled here down the stretch because they were in the driver's seat by far, and there were a couple other teams, Buffalo, et cetera, that you know had those games in hand and were not able to take advantage. And you, you make you make the tournament. They're not making the tournament with 88, 87 points. They got you know 93 points. Plenty of teams have made the postseason with 93 points in well, a it's similar seven, less, seven or eight spots. Seven less than the East last year. Eight seed last year. Last year. So. No, I, I hear that. Um, but just look in totality of the last quarter of the season – Barzell goes down in that game against Boston where they're non-competitive in, and you think the season is kind of over that point. I certainly did. I had some people more vocal than others on my timeline, you know, getting on me for being like, well, this will provide the Islanders certainty that they should be sellers at the deadline. They had already locked up Horvat. He was part of the fold next year. Build your assets, look ahead, et cetera. I wasn't alone thinking that. And I was wrong because I did not expect – them to f- turn around the way and the style that they played after seeing them play a certain way for nearly 60 games. But that's exactly what they did. Now, they still had their spots. There are still games here that you look in at what happened and go, how did that happen? But in totality, over the last quarter of the season, they have as, they're have as they up there around with some of the NHL's best in terms of total wins. 1, and that's with Matthew percent. Barzell. That was with Pajot out for a lot. That's been without Romanov now out for a while as well. Well, it all goes back. I would rather have zero stars on the team and them play like they did in that stretch when this started. Whatever it when there was no Pajot, no Barzal, and they were just saying, you know what? We're not trading chances whatsoever. It's going to be one chance for each team, and we're going to hope that our chance goes in. Those games against Winnipeg, the game against 
uh, the Minnesota Wild, despite being being a shootout loss. That stretch was the proudest I was of the team and got me in buying again because I was like, okay, if they commit to this and then they add Pajot back and they but they keep playing this game. But I think as we got further away from that and the healthier the team was, they kind of straight away from that it wasn't as hard to get one or two goals on the islanders so where they pulled me back in they slowly it wasn't a quick thing they slowly started to drift back into some of those bad habits like you know it's not a coincidence that you know they went on the road they shut out winnipeg in their own building they hold minnesota to one and then what six or five to columbus that was not the same team that took it took the ice over yeah i mean i think to your to your point about maybe being still a little bit perturbed and and ticked off that right now we're not having a conversation that says the islanders are going to be playing carolina or new jersey in the first round but but i understand it's you're blaming yourself you did the right thing if this plays out nine out of ten times you can't hope that the senators have a brutal record the sabers have a brutal every team fell off the 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 deep end when that trade deadline happened i showed you that chart where we we were the only team who had a winning record of all the teams who were uh fighting for a playoff spot every other team just sank if you were to play that out 10 times you're getting in there two or three you said the right thing like you know just magically hoping that the sabers lose the senators lose the red wings lose all the teams fell off the face of the um race you can't hope for that you you did the absolute right thing varlamov started two games this yeah, whole he played time 60 60 starts 62 games overall for sorokin yeah two games both losses um he played okay it wasn't his fault but he only played in two games after the trade deadline there you go i mean it's like so even even if you were shown they were going to make the playoffs which we said hey if you don't want to trade mayfield fine but I mean, what are you actually getting with keeping Varlamov around? And he played. I remember what game. One of those games he he played was really great. But uh, still, Buffalo, just look well, at the, the map. Buffalo game he played. They lost. Ah, uh, uh, that's what it was. Nothing. Yes, 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 yes. Right, and then he got in in the Tampa game, and then uh, I think he. I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. The game he lost, but you know, looking back, kind of at that schedule. You know, they played that stretch. I know you're talking about, right? So they come out, they lose that game to the Bruins. And then the next game is at Pittsburgh. And that's the game where they come back and they win that game 4-2. Remember, they swept the Penguins this year. Penguins are going to probably yeah, finish that 3-2 game. That 3-2 game should have been 7-1 Pittsburgh. And that was known. Like, and that, that, was a paddle, and that was a paddle save uh, that Sorokin yeah. made, the first one he made. So those two paddle saves sent the it Islanders to the playoffs. That. The change happened after that. That game, they still went in there playing yes. roller hockey. And, yeah, I'm getting and, to that, right? 2-1 two one, two one to Winnipeg. They lose a 3-2 to LA in a game that they lost. They were down 3-0, uh, scored two goals in the third period. Then 4 nothing at Winnipeg, the 2-1 loss at, at uh, Minnesota. Beat Detroit, beat Buffalo, beat Pittsburgh um, in, in overtime um, on the Brock Nelson goal. And then... Things then kind of get a little bit back and forth. Jekyll and Hyde, five-one loss to cap to the Capitals, a five-two loss at LA. They take care of business against some bad teams. That big seven-to-two win against Toronto, followed up by a five-four OT loss to Columbus, and then the two-nothing loss to Buffalo. And then they come back, they win a couple, then lose two in a row that weekend against uh, the Lightning and Hurricanes. That lost weekend, then the two wins, and then the loss, another win. So you're right that that concentrated. Five six game period late late uh, February early March. What is the formula? And we didn't see it enough down the stretch. And you look back at some of these games here, and you go, "Yeah, I'm happy they're in the playoffs. I'm glad they clinched and punched their ticket here today." 
But man, they left a lot of points on the board to where that seven spot shouldn't have been in question. Well, it looked like that they had time to worry about it tomorrow. And that was the thing that I kept saying. Game 30, game 40, game 50. We got to game almost 60. I said, it's the we'll worry about it tomorrow Islanders. Where you said what the, the Rocky, the desperate, the speech needs to be had where they need to find the motivation and find themselves. And that's another reason that that last game kills me is that they just severely lack motivation. And that guy, Han, was his name, Alan Han. Yeah. He summarized it perfectly. The thing that this team used to be known for and can be relied upon on a game to game basis is not there anymore. And that is deeply the most concerning part. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. The Brindamore thing from last week, questioning the Islanders' intensity. Me, all season. Question, like This is a theme that's ma- been maintained the entire season. It's unfortunate, but it's true. And when you're looking at these playoffs, you know, when you're just looking at the – so I'm supposed to believe. Yeah, believe. That- lowercase b, lowercase e, capital L, capital I – Lowercase e, lowercase v e. I mean, thank God nobody's a detective. Thank God nobody's a detective because when people drop you crumbs, you just walk right by them. You know, they're showing you what they are, and I can't. I'll be, I'll be so happy to see everybody just finishing their checks. They're flying up and down the ice. I, I'm gonna, I'll shut my mouth. I'm not rooting against the team. I had this team finishing second in this division. I had severe faith. The same way I thought Vegas was going to do well, and I didn't think Boston was going to do this well, but I thought teams who sniffed the Stanley Cup, who went on deep runs and had a bad year after that, teams who had the same players there would have the motivation to want to get back after the prolonged offseason. Vegas is first in the Western Conference. Boston's first in the Eastern Conference. We're the only team who didn't kind of follow up on that. Vegas and Boston were always sniffing around closely. Vegas was the best comp because they were in the conference final two years in a row. And then they just had a year where they completely missed a lot of injuries, just like us just missed out ninth seed in the West. I'm like, that's our direct comp out there. They come back first place in the West. And I was thinking we're going to get second place, maybe third in the Metro. And that's why I'm. it's just been so – it's really been disappointing for me in particular this season because I had higher hopes for the squad after the first long offseason where they've had to recuperate and rest. So that's why I had – I couldn't understand why they lacked energy when this was the first time they had an offseason to get, to get their act together and get healthy. Well, dis- why. listen, despite all of that, they found their way into the tournament and – you know, would it shock you if this team made noise and made a team sweat in the first round? Absolutely not, given what the Carolina has been. Yeah, Carolina. Well, maybe you know, they will I not said, make. I just said sweat. I will bet I you. Say, anything. I didn't say they would beat them. I said okay. sweat. No, no, no sweat. they won't make them sweat. They'll they will not win more perspiration. Than one game. I will put I will put whatever you want on it. The way like the, the Cleveland catalog. Indians made the Yankees in '98 sweat for like a half a minute, like in Game Four of the ALCS. That kind this, of sweat. That's going to require going on the road and taking one of two. And suggesting they're going to go into Boston where they don't have the benefit of last change. And Aho and Dobbs are going to be defending Pasternak out there. No, I'm pretty sure I know how that one's going to end. A little perspiration. You wanted your first sniff. You said you wanted your first sniff that you're allowed to bet. Well, that's your first sniff. 
But is there is there something on the Caesar's book that tells me uh, no sweat? I mean, what would you know? What would what would be the sniff? Just the just be- winning oh, the, the series. Your first sniff that you're allowed to bet that I could sign off if they play the Bruins <laughs> minus two and a half series line, meaning the, the Boston has to win the series in four or five. They can't win it in six. The Islanders will not collect two games in that series, but they can beat Carolina. Right? They can actually beat Carolina. So let's talk about how they how they have any kind of playoff success. Um, well, let's first uh, before we get there, right? You talked about you know the players coming back and who you believe in them. One of those players, obviously, is Brock Nelson, who best forward, obviously, throughout the entire season, finishes with thirty six goals, seventy five points, sixteen more points than his previous career high. And anytime you were looking for a big goal or a big guy to play to make a play, it was him. And here he was making. Uh, making um, making it happen again, scoring the game's first goal, scoring uh, the goal that made it three to one. He is their he is their best. Is he their best player? Not named Ilya Sorokin. I mean, people don't want to necessarily put him in that spot. They want to say Barzell went healthy. They may even want to go Bo Horvat when he's going well. Brock Nelson's the best Islander. Oh, one hundred percent this year for sure. I think when you take all of their ceilings, Barzal has a hundred point ceiling. Like his, if he were to play his absolute best, that's what you're getting out of him. Like, you know, early in the season when he was just getting a point every single night, whether it was a win or a loss, he, he does have the highest ceiling. Each year that goes by, he's getting further away. If you watch old highlights of him, it used to be like 40% shoot, 60% pass. It's like at like 80, 20 now. So I would love to see him just kind of return back to the early years where he he didn't mind shooting it whatsoever. I really feel like it benefited him even when it came to the passing, because at least there was more of a threat of a shot, but there's no doubt about it that Brock Nelson, you know, people used to say, oh, well, trots made him. Well, trots isn't there. And he's continued his production. I mean, he's a 30 to 35 goal scorer back to back years. How many did he, did he end up with after his couple tonight? 35, 36, yeah, 35. Sorry, 36, so 36. I mean, that's, that's and he was nice on a 40 goal. goal pace last year too. Um, he got injured, only played 72 games and he had that stretch. Remember he scored 36 goals this year and he went 14 games without any goals. Well, he really look, struggled you get, around you the get that, break. You get that a lot with scores. If you He's look, had, all, I'll give you more stats. He had eight multi-goal games this year. First I mean, time I that's kind of how it is. It used to be known, right? Like, oh, don't let Brock get hot, you know. But I think that's most shooters. Yeah. Any 30 to 40 goal scores, not the 60 goal. Yeah, Pasternak's never going to go too many games, McDavid. But when you're talking about 35 to 40 goal scores, yeah, usually they, they tend to come in bunches throughout specific stretches of the season. But this guy really can pick a corner. It's consistent. It doesn't matter who the goalie is. He can pick corners. He is a great shooter. He has deceptive speed. It's pretty good speed. The only thing he's not really great at, and you see this on the power play, is fitting passes through. You know, he's not really a passer, but other yeah. than that. But he hasn't gotten better at shooting one-timers. You know, he's become a guy that can definitely shoot one-timers. But just an unbelievable year by Brock, and uh, yeah. you know, your best players need to come up big, and he did that. The other thing is, it's so evident when you look at the two players that took uh, took the ice today before the morning skate in, in Barzell and um, Alexander Romanov, the, how desperately they're needed. Uh, because you look at the Islanders right now, you like that line with Nelson and, and Paul Mary going with, with Engvall. You'd like the way the fourth line is playing. I mean, 
fourth line putting egg on everyone's faces. Everyone who felt like that group should not be playing together and that these contracts are too long and Clutterbuck shouldn't be back. Since Clutterbuck got back in the lineup after his injury, they've been great. They've been the great. They've brought, they've brought it every single game. And, you know, the playoff time is exactly when, you know, the, the energy, the forechecking, it's, yet it's there. To come. You're allowed to elbow a little bit more. You're allowed to hit maybe just in the half a second later. You're let you get away with more in the playoffs and, and be ready for Scotty Mayfield to have his day too. All those right, get that big payday coming up for Scotty Mayfield. It's not about the payday. There are players you drag through the season so that they're there for playoffs when their style of hockey fits the game. Mayfield's one, fourth lines two. Watch their production go up as it has every single postseason because the rules allow for it and watch a guy like Engvall my guess is he doesn't have a single point in like that's the opposite of playoff right hockey. that's Finesse, what that's what up. don't that's get what in the corners League don't like that is fans would say. Yeah, that is that, that's just a guess I mean he plays on a great line but uh that is not a playoff right. hockey but watch that fourth line in Mayfield start to shine uh in this in these next couple of days I and pray the... I pray it's in it's south of where we're at opposed to north <laughs> And then, uh, well, north of where you're normally at, uh, you're back in uh, New York uh, currently. But the, um, and then obviously the third line, I really love the makeup of the third line right now. You know, they, those guys yep. that have not been together the whole time, but Parisi, Pajot, and Fashing just works. And then you have the top line here. And, uh, you know, uh, great, just great to see Anders Lee get the tip in goal. He really, really needed it. Put Islanders needed it, especially being on the power play. Um, but, you just go, wow, if Barzell was part of this lineup, how, you know, what would that do? That could really make all four lines dangerous and working. And then you look at Romanov and you go, he can't play Samuel Bulldog minutes in, in the playoffs after, I mean, after he was horrible. He was horrible before the Suzuki play in this game. Like it was like, Ooh, he's going to be sitting a lot. Um, and they like they like him on the power play, and 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 Lane Lambert likes him. But man, you're going, ooh, you know, if they want to put the pairing of Pellick and Pulak together, the other two pairs right now just do not evoke confidence. Yeah, that's without Romanov in the line. That's just you being kind because you're a nice guy. I am. Now, the, other I am. Two, the other two pairings mean you're going to be hemorrhaging chances. Can you imagine? Do you, I mean, I, I don't even want to show you the depth chart now that everybody's healthy with Bertuzzi and Taylor Hall on the third line of Boston. Like you're talking, <laughs> you can only defend one line. I mean, their top line is freaking Bergeron, Marshawn. This is usually who Pulak and Pellick were on. And now they got DeBrusque on that line. So then you got the checks on the second line and then Bertuzzi and Hall on the third. I mean, this is a nightmare. And the defense, the the bottom three are going to hemorrhage. We saw Aho with turnovers tonight. Dobson's turnover led to a goal. Yep. Um, Baldick's t- I mean, on the road, when you can't even try to hide them, the level of disaster, I, I guess, I guess just wait to see. Get just wait to see. Uh, <laughs> because I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I get people are noticing with with uh Baldick because I don't know he's new. I, I mean, I but here the way you're talking about it, and I know how you, what we said before about they can beat Carolina. It, it almost feels like well, 
maybe they could beat Carolina if Romanov comes back and Barzell comes back. I don't know how I feel about that given the current group. I think they can give Carolina a series uh, given the current group in the state of Carolina. But to actually win a series, it feels like you know the makeup of the of the lines as well as uh, the power play that they can't enter the zone. And Barzell does that better uh, than most in the NHL overall. And then these defense uh, defense pairs without Romanov. Well, it's just they can't make pay over there. That's why I understand they probably will control like, you know, a decent amount of the play, but they're suffering from the same issues as us, a disastrous power play, and they have no depth scoring. When you look at their scores, they're asking guys like Tara Vinen to try to score more. Uh, their one legitimate score, Sveshnikov, is gone. They're struggling to score. I mean, they finally got that win against Detroit. What did they end up with? Three goals? Like, they are hurting right now. Just like Even with that, you, you expect them to win in Florida? How, when I'm telling you these things, think about how awfully I just told you about them in Boston. I know, I, I, I Trust know. me, I'm giving a proper assessment of the squad. They'll get, it's it's more about Carolina. They're in shambles right now. I know, but they're the, in semi-shambles. So do you think, who do you think is going to win that game? Who are you picking to win that game? We can go Thursday? in there and win game one. Absolutely. Not, not the Islanders, Florida, oh. Carolina. The game, who do you think is going to win that game? My personal belief is it's 50-50 because you're more likely to have a hungry Carolina team because I think just knowing you've clinched a spot, but man, in the back of your head, you have to know there's a difference between playing Boston, but I I just don't think you can get out of your head that you're in the playoffs, but Carolina. Well, it's a little bit of difference for Carolina, right? Carolina basically deciding, hey, do we get to play the Islanders? Do we get to play the Rangers? And then for Florida, it's like either play the Bruins or play Carolina. Oh, you need need to word that differently. Do you get to play the team that smacks us every single time, including eliminating us from the playoffs, and they're a better team than they were last year? Or do we get to play the team that we've historically owned, swept in the playoffs, and we can usually beat every single time? You think that they don't know what the deal is with that Rangers series and with the Islanders lingering there? They're going to want that game. The problem is Florida playing like a bunch of bastards. They They are getting points out of every single game. And, you know, they had Toronto. Toronto tried. And I was impressed Tavares, with Tavares. How about that, huh? If this ends up a certain Toronto. way, Tavares scoring the overtime. Guess Tavares on an overtime. We've seen that before. But scoring on a shootout, that'd be to get the Islanders potentially the seventh spot. Isn't that beautiful? It- I've never had a problem with the guy. Um, so I, no, mean, I know I tell know. it to all the people no, who just still, continually you, boo him. Till regardless the if you had a problem with them or not, there's something about the former captain, uh, you know, helping his former team. You know, it's funny, like someone like Johnny Goudreau, I feel like I can get behind someone. He kind of looks like us showing up in his flip flops and stuff like that. He seems like more of a hateable character. Johnny hockey from New Jersey. John Tavares was like an awkward guy who, who I feel like was never said a bad word about anybody. And I think that also plays well, into he never, it. He never even said anything like Bo Horvat said and had to apologize on his way out after they booed him mercifully. He never, yeah, he never he's said socially anything awkward. like that. Yeah, it's almost like I, I'd almost rather him be Sean Avery-like. So it's just, okay, they'll get this dirt bag. Okay, that's it. Just unleash on him for the rest of time. But so, uh, no, I was happy that Tavares scored. No, no, that was great. That was great to see. Um, and then, you know, before we kind of break on this, um, a couple more things. Uh, the, the Sorokin factor, you know, I think, you know, people are, are obviously 
we know that the goaltending position is the most important position in hockey and maybe the most important position in sports come postseason. And, you know, we saw him in that Penguin series a couple of years ago kind of take over for Volamov and, and, and bringing the Islanders to a, a victory in game six, winning three straight games. This is the first time where he's entering the postseason as clearly the guy. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, we're not talking about that potentially enough, but is there another level to his game that he's able to steal games, um, even against, dare I say, the, the Boston Bruins? Um, I'm very interested to see whether or not Sorokin has this another playoff-type level performance um, that uh, could get you pretty excited. Um, I think that's one storyline that I think people are expecting to potentially uh, rear its head. Um, but uh, I think it'll be you know, something to watch, especially if he has a great game one and can steal a game. Uh, there's going to be some momentum around you know, Sorokin in the postseason, I think. I think so. I don't think Boston's too worried because they did face him in the playoffs once. It didn't go so well. <laughs> well, one game. Them. He played one game. And then yeah, and there was uh-huh. a reason he didn't play. And then he came in in relief and they shelled him again. It's a rookie. Um, all right. And then um, Lane Lambert, just want to get your thoughts. What a, you know, odd first year. It's half the time people are calling for his head in year one. I don't know if it was you or someone else posting kind of a Islander type meme around you know, firing head coaches after, you know, one year and, and maybe not necessarily being the best thing publicly as uh, you want to be known as an organization that's firing coaches after one year. I never felt that he was in that much danger of, of losing his job. I know some people even, you know, even Chris Botta at certain times during the year kind of floated the idea that, he, you know, his job may be safe. I, I never felt that way. Um, trying to get a read on him, I still don't know. You know, it's it's it. Still don't know how I feel about the coach, you know. It's but not good he, that we he, don't he, know. Yeah, we don't know, but he 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 got them here. He got them over the hump, and that was that's huge for him this year. It's huge for him going forward. It's weird, given all the flaws, the things that we've talked about. It's hard to not feel like this is a bit of a, like a successful year. Dare I say? Is that wrong to say that because of the adversity and Barzell being out? Now, if they're healthy, maybe I don't feel that way. But given it all like, depends where you how thought, you want to frame it. Yeah, no, you can frame it however you want. You want to hear this guy? All right, here's one side of the Harvey Dent coin. Hey, he took over a team, didn't make the playoffs. They were, you know, they were X amount out of the playoffs. This was their record. They have more wins. They, they are making. They made the playoffs. It's his first year. He's getting acclimated. He had no time to truly uh, implement his system. He's dealt with a whole plethora of injuries. Still got him to the playoffs. You know, how could you ever fire a guy? And then the flip side, every single time that things were going wrong, including the power play, makes no adjustments, one of the worst power plays in the entire league in many crucial instances where you needed the team to show up. They didn't show up, and then he had no answers. We still have no clue what he's – we still, after game 82, get no vibes from the guy. You can go either way. getting a start tonight. Yeah, Josh Bailey repeatedly being forced into the lineup where they had lost like the previous, however many, six, seven games that he was in the lineup, acting like that's going to make the difference. Like, that. oh, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. And it, everything seems so random. His lack of creativity with the line combos before and then the power play, and then he, he changed the units, I guess, to just change them right back because he didn't stick with those altered units that we talked about last time. And you can frame it whatever way you want. 
I was I do believe though, you don't just start hiring, firing this guy's in, this guy's out, because then you become the organization that serves full meals in an upside down Budweiser box. That is a carnival move. That's Cleveland Browns-esque. And why, if you're a serious coach, would you ever take a job like that? I think part of the reason we got Trotz, not because it was the only position available. Like, uh, who was it? Was it was it you who told me that Sorokin only, I forgot, that Sorokin only came when Garth no, Snow was like, guaranteed not to be there? I forgot no, who was telling me. No. Um, well, about how he said he would not play for the Islanders if like Garth Snow was still the GM. Well, when you run things like Carnies, you get things like that. You draft a great player who doesn't want to come over. You start firing and hiring. Then a legitimate coach who becomes available is not going to pick your team if it's between you and somebody else. So you do the right thing, especially if he has a decent year. I don't even, I don't just like you. I don't know if I like the guy. I, 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 barely I don't want to say like him. I mean, like. I have nothing against him personally. Just that, like, you know, there are some coaches that you feel like, wow, this guy's an extension of the fan base. And Barry Trotz did a wonderful job of that. And he just feels like a coach right now. And it, it kind of felt that way the entire year. And there's only been a, a few moments where he actually kind of let loose a little bit uh, during a postgame show and kind of said what I think were on the minds as fans. Otherwise, he's been pretty reserved. Now, whether or not he's that way, you know, within the team um, privately, I don't know. We saw him certainly animated on the bench much more so over the last eight to 10 games than we did throughout the course of the year, obviously aggravated at certain moments. Um, but, you know, it's still year one for him and it's a huge deal, huge deal for him moving forward that he got this team into the playoffs. And it's again, it's weird. If you would have told me seven seed, eight seed, is that successful after last year? I'd have been a bit disappointed. Like you said, you had them finishing second in the Metro. If you told me that point total was 93, I probably would have said, number one, that might not be good enough, probably won't be good enough to make the playoffs. And number two, you know, I'm not, that's not good enough. And then, but the way the season unfolded and really the fact of what was facing them after the Barzell injury and, and being with all the games in hand the teams had, I, I don't know how you don't look at being in the playoffs as a, as a successful year from really mid-February to where we are now in, in the middle of April over those two months. I mean, I just look at that as a really as a high point of their season, but I'm, I'm not going to pat too many teams on the back for doing well when there's injuries. You're talking about losing Kaprizov over there in Minnesota. They just kept churning out Vic. That was their best player by a mile, more than our Barzal. You have the Bruins who started the season without McAvoy, with, without um, – Marshawn and they just came out stomping everybody. Everybody, the Colorado Avalanche don't have Landeskog. Um, they, they haven't had Lekin in and Byram and their whole team. They're first in that division right now. Anybody can almost use that excuse. So it's good, but it's I, I'm not saying it's when, when I'm the not team, saying it's great. I'm, I'm being measured we up, about it. I'm being measured you know? about it, but it could have gone in a much, much different direction. You know, this thing could this thing could have fallen apart at that point of the season, and it did not. It wasn't like they just remained relevant. Um, and towards the end, they got eliminated with a couple of games to go. They're in the tournament and a possibility to be the seven seed and, and make some noise. So, but this um, is a couple of weeks ago, like a month ago, I, and it sticks with me the way you said it is correct you're like do i really want to feel like i did after the dublowitz thing where it's just this quick oh yeah that like 
Yeah, this is the du- this is the Dublowitz moment of the poke check. Uh, you know, 16, 16 years later is this you know game eighty two. But we went to back to back Eastern Conference Finals the in the last three years, man. Like, our, my bar is high. I'm sorry, They're just making the playoffs. No, isn't it's cutting it's, it, it's, and it's, it's not an, cutting it's it for a, most It's an interesting, you know, we've yeah, we've talked about this, right? Given the recent history of the organization and that it's pretty much the same team, core players wise, uh, that made those runs that are now still with the team during this postseason is that how do you then view uh, a one and done scenario if that's what happens you know I don't want to jump to that conclusion but if that's what happens how do you view that and it's weird because I I would have you know weeks ago weeks ago I would have been like well I'm not going to be satisfied with that but just going through this kind of day in and day out Uh, looking at the wild card races I got caught up a little bit too like you much rather you're watching this game you have nerves and and all these feelings in your stomach, and you really want to be in the postseason. It was a big deal to make it. You know, I'm watching Blackhawks and Penguins on the edge of my couch yesterday, uh, cheering and getting excited about Buddy Robinson scoring a goal. Like, that means it meant something to me to make the playoffs, much more so than maybe I thought it was going to feel um, maybe a month or two ago. Well, I guess I died a little on the inside then. Probably. I think, I I mean, after you experience that one nothing Tampa loss, with the Montreal Canadiens waiting for you in the Stanley Cup final, I, I just don't even understand how this remotely moves the needle. Trying to snake. It's not like this was eight years ago. This is months ago still. This is months ago. So when you're this watching is- these games over the last few days, you, you just have you just have you're just numb. You're just not you're just no, all not cerebral. You just cerebral. Not at all. Not at all. Washington angry? game. One hundred percent no. I told you what what's what's necessary to get excited. So they're they're winning the games before that. I know, Two but wins, as a fan, and Andy, they, you still you know you're 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 in your late thirties. You watch this team for decades now. Like, what's the emotion you have as a fan watching these games? Of course, are you are you just watching it for again those signs to see whether or not they can kind of repeat that stretch of hockey that you really liked? Are you watching it just you know emotionally? either getting angry or getting excited or having joy and being elated. I, I, so I'm curious. The series versus Philadelphia, there's a video of me. And unless you think I'm Meryl Streep, it's authentic. I am going crazier than all of you at home. People were taking screenshots of my face after some of the goals. It's it's absolutely outrageous. It looks like a, a, a Viking at, at the top of a mountain screaming down. <laughs> I'm literally going out of my mind. It meant that much to me. But then once that that hurdle was cleared and then they went a little bit further and being that close to the Stanley Cup, that's what I'm shooting for. And you know what's necessary to get there. Like, we've seen it. We know what it takes to win a couple of those rounds. And this team doesn't really measure up with those two teams, especially like on the back end. And when you look at special teams and things like that, and this is a deeper East than all of those previous years. I want to win the Stanley cup. I'm like uh, winning one round. Doesn't do it. We just won. We won three rounds in the bubble, one against Florida. And then the next two, then we won two rounds. The following year got to a game seven, a dinky eight game playoff run or whatever. It's not, it's just not going to move the needle, but that Florida series win, when we hadn't won in years, I was crying to the roof just like the rest. I was at work. I was working. And I screamed. Just uh, The boss of a boss of a boss came in. I didn't care. He could have fired me. He could have fired me right there. 
because nobody cares more than me. I went on the radio, so I'd give my left big toe, which your whole, that's all your stability. I said I would give it for an Islanders Cup when I was 18. <laughs> okay, I was on the record. But I said, he said, does it get cut off right there? I said, no, it'd have to be surgically removed. And then we were arguing. What a greedy bastard. He needs me to cut my toe off like the movie Saw in front of him to get a cup? It's bad enough I'm going to live my life without any balance. But anyway... Trust me, there. It's not like that. It's I, I want to win the cup, and they were so close. And when yeah. you're that close, you're hoping a couple subtle adjustments. I want to be in Vegas's position. Couple subtle adjustments, they're right back in the game. I I hear you. I'm just saying, like I I, I was surprised at how badly I wanted them to be in, and how badly I want games next week that are playoff games, regardless of who they're who who it is they're playing. Um, I think the the feeling around the year, the feeling around the franchise, the narrative heading into next year, all all very much impacted was impacted by the fact of them making the postseason. It doesn't mean necessarily that I'm I'm not a realist as to what the expectations are and what this team could potentially achieve and and what the bar is of success, but. It, it it was it, it did captivate me this this wild card race and we'll be watching on Thursday to see where they where they end up and things could get even a lot more interesting if it ends up being um, the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, um, let, there's yeah. reason to be excited, and then you should cheer for the Devils to beat the Rangers because they have no experience in round two, and we can scam them too. And then you're in the conference. I'm telling you, this year we can get in the conference finals. I'm telling you right now. And then the, and the, then selfie, hopefully... the selfie photos will come back, and then uh, maybe the big toe is on back on the table, back on the chopping block. <laughs> no, it wasn't selfies. Uh, we put a GoPro in the corner, and I didn't sit uh, down GoPro. the entire game. What happened game. to those? Everyone's got a GoPro. I... I don't think anyone's using them anymore. No one's surfing, rock climbing. I just stood with my hands crossed. My other friend was on the cat, and I was just pacing the entire game, left, right, and then watching, just screaming at the top of my lungs when they would make errors. Um but they can go if the route falls their way. In 2020, we avoided the route that had Tampa and Boston. They had to play each other before the conference mm-hmm. finals. We got Washington, and then we got Philly after Florida. I hate to say it, but this is all sports. You got to avoid kryptonites along the way. And the bracket asked Portugal, who won a Euro off of this. If you get the right bracket, it sets you up to win. Yeah, and you get momentum and, and confidence and all that kind of builds through yeah. uh, defeating teams that uh, you know you're more on par with. I get you. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, let's take a break. When we come back, we got to talk about uh, my trip to UBS Arena, Springsteen a little bit, Easter egg hunts, and a, and a bit more. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by the Fan Sided Sports Network. Joe Bono and Andy Francis will be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. Joe Bono, Andy Francis, Eyes on Isles podcast. The Islanders have punched their ticket to the postseason. We await to see whether or not they'll be playing the Boston Bruins or the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. So I was at UBS Arena, not tonight, because I just I chose to be with you instead. But I was there on Easter Sunday for Springsteen. And uh, have you ever seen uh, the boss in person? Uh, I haven't. I'm not kind a big of a concert I'm, guy. Not a big concert. I was going to throw you guys say not a big Bruce guy. Just not a big concert guy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm like I'm probably somewhere around like between 15 and 20 Bruce shows at this point. And uh, guy's 73 years old and still playing close to three hours. And uh, you know I'm walking around the concourse um, beforehand at UBS Arena and I'm looking around. I'm like. Damn, I am young compared to this crowd. Oh, you know, man. I feel like 15 years ago when I was still going to Bruce and I was like 25 and people were like 45 and 50, it didn't really feel like they were old, but now they're like 70. And it definitely feels like, wow, this a bunch of 70 year olds are here tonight. So that so was funny. one thing. Like, it's such a funny dynamic because you take all these people whose life is not what they're portraying on that one night. On that one night, they're magically like transporting into yeah. a younger version of themselves. Like, do they flip their hat backwards and stuff like that? Oh, well, you know a lot of leather, a lot of lot of leather. I saw a lot of jeans. It's almost weird. Yeah, it's almost weird. And they're all like probably combination of people that are executives and different positions in their prof- in their professional lives, and they kind of just come back and let it all loose. It's borderline Halloween, you know? then. Like that's not what they dress like. A little bit. 300. Yeah. <laughs> It was very cool though. Outside, they have this whole um, this tent thing going on. They got it going on for the Islander games too. This uh, kind of pre-party tent they've been advertising during the Islander games. I got to see what it is right outside the main concourse. It looked really cool. I think it's like twenty percent off food and beverage. I didn't get a chance to peek in. They had a really cool, uh, you know, greetings from Belmont Park, uh, which is a play on Asbury Park sign. And then I don't know. I'm a Peloton rider. Not sure if any of the listeners are. I get on the Peloton usually three, four days a week. And Peloton Jen, Jen Sherman, she was at the uh, concert and got to chit-chat with her a little bit and her husband at the concourse, which was a a big thrill for me. Um, 
And then he put on a great show, and I I got sentimental at the moment. He played the song Glory Days, which even if you're not a Bruce friend, you know the song Glory Days. And where the arena was, the way the arena was set up and where his stage was set up is that he's literally below the Stanley Cup banners. That's where he is. And I'm just looking at the Stanley Cup banners, and he's playing Glory Days. And I'm just just looking at them being all like the sentimental Islander slash Springsteen fan. Um, But very cool, and... uh, that turned the that turned the tide. You know, the Islanders uh, obviously got the Bruce exorcism and the UBS. All the bad vibes kind of kind of left there. They got some help later on in the week, and uh, here here we are now. So I can't believe you're not a. What was the last concert you were at? Can you think about it? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm it's a not bad one. Tell, I'm not it's even an embarrassing tell one. This I I never went to like go watch. I've been to generic like events but i've never bought tickets to go see a band that i wanted to see zero you, yeah. like you weren't like a I know, I, you weren't a music a whole, guy at all let's, like let's, you didn't listen to like, k-rock this, 92 3 fm or, i did or, or, i KTU, did to you 103.5 i listened to k-rock and ktu i listened to corn and limp biscuit growing up just like the rest you weren't of at you were no at woodstock 99 <laughs> no man i was studying this tape because i knew one day i was gonna have to be here with you and explain why this is happening and why this is happening that's what i was doing at the time i was in the bunkers wow i don't think i know anyone that's never bought tickets to i know see anyone I know that's I almost I almost was just going to lie to you so that we can get on to the next topic. But I chose because I feel like I got to stay on the topic now. I'm a fan. You can stay on it all you want. But But did you buy CDs? You want to know how this goes? I I can play the part of you. Like you've never even been to one concert. No, not even one. How could you know? Like, are you not into music? No, I'm into music. But I just never really I never really sought out a concert. I guess I like music, but not that much to the point where i go to it like somebody who kind of watches tv but they've never been to a broadway show or anything like that i do like music i like kate to you and i like z100 going up and 92.3 all i'm a little bit of everything like 80s 90s 2000s what do you want me to say just haven't gone to it yeah well, wrestling just, fans yeah. who never went to monday night raw well that's that's on them that's 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 a shame i'm right there but that's Wow. I'm also not a sushi guy. People find people people are ang- more big, angry. Uh, the more people are more angry about not being a sushi guy than they are. I honestly the fact think they haven't so. been to a concert. I, I, I honestly think so. Um, yeah, I've never been. That. I guess if I was going to go to one, it's surprising that when I was like, I don't know, 18, I didn't go to like a Blink 182 concert or something. I'm going to see Blink uh, next month. That doesn't the at Madison work Square for, like, Garden the reunion concert. Doesn't huh? one of them work for like the government, like in their UFO department? Tom? I don't know. All Tom I know DeLong? is uh, Blink 182. They're one of back. those guys is like What's involved with the government. Well, I guess they, they must have scrounged up a new a new member. No, it's the three of them. It's the same three, Tom, Tom, Look, Mark, and I promise and, and you Travis. I'm not making this up. A Blink-182 member. I feel like Tom might have done something with the aliens, perhaps. Tom DeLong. I thought that kind of re- re- feels possible. I mean, the drummer is you know married to... Uh, like, his name showed up in the WikiLeaks documents. I try, I'm not making this up. I would never, ever say something that's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, like something that was out of a Men in Black magazine. A Blink-182's member... Yeah, has was in the WikiLeaks documents and ended up working in tandem with a branch of the government. I know that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, no, I Tom say DeLong, that he was talking with uh, John Podesta, Clinton's Clinton's um, campaign manager about uh, extra uh, terrestrial life. Yes. Okay, I mean that would be one hell of a dream I made up in my head. <laughs> it would be. 
<laughs> you know that, but you haven't seen him live. Ah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll be back at that. Fun. I'll take it on the chin for that. I apologize for never really going to see. I should have saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's amazing. Some people go and like a big night to them, like that day of the, the Blink-182 show, we may go get sushi first and <laughs> then go to a concert. Yeah. Two yeah, things that your... you will, won't do. Hey, look, listen, I still see my friends, okay? I see my friends. I, I, uh, I, saw, you know, I saw one of them on Sunday. I could, have seen them, I could have seen them again. But uh, actually, you know what happened? I was supposed to see my friends Thursday at opening day. And that they, they canceled the game because of a fake rain. Yeah. Uh, it was never going to come. And then Friday, I had to watch my kids during the day. Uh, we even have daycare. My mother-in-law was in Hawaii with my, my father-in-law. So that Steve Cohen completely screwed me out of opening day. I know you don't care for baseball, even though the games end in two hours and 35 minutes now. Yeah, it's doing better. Um, yeah, I was all pumped up for like a day outside, baseball, beer, hanging out with your buddies, getting together, catching up in person. And I uh, got back home Wednesday night, found out the game was postponed, and I knew I couldn't make it on a Friday. So I know that I wasn't the only one, but that definitely uh, definitely screwed don't me. Don't lie to me. You found out it was rained out, and you secretly gave a fist pump because you didn't have to deal with that trash. <laughs> don't got to drive to Whitestone Expressway. got to pay for parking. that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> You're just hoping that it makes it back to them that they were you were actually upset, but you were like, oh, yeah. No, I, I was upset it. about that. I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it. Now, things I, I'm, I usually looked forward to, but now I'm just – completely over it and uh, i'm suffering from easter egg hunt fatigue and uh, we're through easter here and the easter egg season is still uh happening in my household um we're recording this on wednesday thursday i'm going to have 10 toddlers over the house because that same thursday that the opening day got canceled we did a rain check for an easter egg hunt and rather than just say hey it's not easter anymore why do we got to do this no they've rescheduled the easter egg hunt at the house for a Thursday afternoon at three o'clock. So, and I don't know about you, Andy, I maybe had one hunt the day of Easter growing up. It's an entire season now for these suburbia kids. Oh, they go. It's like, it's like the Lenten season is the entire Easter egg. See, it goes like weeks, three weeks, different. Every park's got an Easter egg hunt. My, my four-year-old, she had to do six or seven, six or seven hunts. So what do you get when you find an egg? You I mean, there's usually there was yeah chocolates in there, Snickers are in there. I mean, they're the ones in the plastic ones that you open up. So people are filling them up with you know three musketeers and Milky Ways and and all these kind of things. And <laughs> you're gonna need a lot, hell of a lot more than that, than that in there to get me out there on one of those Easter. Well, Easter yeah, and then maybe there's a golden egg that it might be has a five dollar bill or something like that. But yeah, just generally yeah, some candy, some, draft some Jolly Ranchers there. Yeah. <laughs> Some concert tickets. Um, yeah. Blink Whitey too. I don't want this. Give me the Milky Way. Yeah. Yeah. A Milky Way. Milky your, Way. What would you what go a, with? You mean that watered down Snickers? The guy who wouldn't get Snickers for you. So he just shoved them. Milky Ways. Yeah, are usually the part of the same scams. variety pack bag. I think no, the variety gee, pack yeah. bag was Musketeers. It was Musketeers, Snickers, uh, peanut, peanut M&Ms and, uh, yeah, and th- yeah, three musketeers, Snickers, Milky Ways, and, and peanut. Look, there's so the majors the and the minors. You know, there were those bars on Halloween. Kids were happy to get, and then there was that second tier down of Milky Ways and th- three musketeers. That cannot still be in business. 
I never saw someone walk into a store and walk out with three musketeers. That's why they're in those four packs because they have to include them. Like one of these omnibus <laughs> government spending front, yeah. bills when they want to get one of these three musketeers the laws out there yeah. that they stick it with a Snickers. Like, oh, everybody, here's for the veterans. Now take this one. Take this three musketeers and stick it in there. So the piece of chocolate, which I don't even see around Easter season, comes out around Halloween, but not two other times. The one that I like is Almond Joy. I, I, love, a, I love coconut. So I kind of like I kind of like coconut too. Uh, I'll, I'll eat almond joy. Those... I'll, I'll choose almond joy sometimes, even ahead of a Snickers, just for the variety so you must love and the, the rarity. Samoa Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, those that's are, going those on too right now. But yeah, more Easter egg hunts. It just never ends. So I'll be out there at uh, some point during the afternoon when I don't well, have a meeting. It's over. They're no, still going. I just said that. They, they I know, but I thought you meant. I thought you meant today's Wednesday. So yeah, it was month Sunday, Monday. T- still from tomorrow. this point forward. Tomorrow I have one. Ten two-year-olds are coming to the house for the Easter egg hunt. Two-year-olds and the nannies. So simultaneously, so many of the things that you tell me seem lovely. Like I picture you spending time with your kid doing yeah. these events. It is lovely, and then. On the same parallel track, it sounds like the most miserable time you could <laughs> ever sell to me. I would not pay $9,000 to have to deal with that for a few weeks. Well, I, I but then on the same time, my wife today, oh, would you have any gaps in your day tomorrow? What for? Well, I, we need to hide the eggs. For the two-year-olds, we got to hide them. So it's beautiful and horrifying at the, at same, the same time. time. But that's what mm-hmm. they say. Uh, that's what they say. It's like Islanders you know, hockey. <laughs> It's there beautiful and yeah. horrifying that at the same beautiful. time. That was well, listen, you, always got, you always got one. You always got one. <laughs> it sounded like a fantastic crowd tonight. Not, I wasn't there, so I can't, as you know, I wasn't there because I chose to be here instead uh, talking to you. I don't know uh, if, it, if it rivaled uh, the Coliseum. Uh, I've seen some clips uh, since the postgame, Noah Dobson, Hudson Fashing. Um, two very complimentary of the crowd. Great job by everyone that was out there. And I'm pumped for the first playoff games at UBS Arena. We'll see whether or not the Islanders come down with a split or down 2-0 or whatever Game the situation seven is, is tomorrow. Be. Game 7 is tomorrow. I'm telling you guys that right now. Like, I will be way more animated for tomorrow's game than I was for tonight's game because you're, in my opinion, yes, I will say that you're talking about the difference between potentially making the Eastern conference final. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I promise. I hear you. Or being very depressed that you even made it. That is the level of this game. It could be that bad where you're like 1994 level, like 94 level, like against the Bruins. So it'll be, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's more like if they play the Bruins, it's more like those series that they had in the early 2000s where it's like losing five to Ottawa, losing five to Buffalo. Correct. Those games were at least tight. They were pretty much close games. Okay. But when you say that or potentially winning two rounds, that's a massive gap. Massive gap. Massive gap. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that is, it's a positive spin, whether you like to believe it or not. They do have a chance. But just like you said, when they showed you the graphic, it hit you like a ton of bricks. It did. It did. Those those logos, (laughs) they they scared me a little bit. And I looked at at the bottom and I said, oof, that looks. So let's go Whalers. I'll be wearing my Whalers hat tomorrow. And then we love them. And then we immediately will hate them. And uh, the Islander fans show up in that arena um, every single time, and I'm sure they'll they'll be there a lot for those for those games there. And I would love to be uh, have some uh, 
you know, have some payback for the uh, four-game sweep uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, the Islanders came off the sweep of the Penguins and then, you know, lost that game in overtime um, in game one. Uh, you know, late goalie up in game two and then kind of really non-competitive there in games three and four in Carolina. And it was over as quickly as you thought the Islanders were going to make a run uh, possibly to the conference finals. So chance maybe we'll see to uh, to right that wrong. Otherwise, uh, the Bruins will be looking for some recent uh, payback after the Islanders knocked them out of the postseason in 2021. All right, Andy. Well, listen, we're yet to do more of these now because there's going to be more Islander hockey. So we're excited about that. And I will let everyone, I'll let you know at least, I'll text you on the side how, I'll send you pictures tomorrow of how the Easter egg hunt is is, is going. Find some good ones, man. Yeah, the two-year-olds are going to be tossing me, like they're going to be throwing me the Milky Way. So like, what? Musketeer? Nah. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, they will be. Like, Eva's dad is cheap. Trying to trying to <laughs> trying to get the Milky Ways and Musketeers out of his house. Uh, at least you ain't giving candy corn like the real scam artist. <laughs> uh, not not yet. In October, I do that. Um, all right. Well, listen. I'm excited. We got postseason hockey. Um, I'm thrilled about it. It's gonna be it's it's fun no matter what. And if you had if you were like me and you had a little bit of nervous uh, energy in your in your stomach over the last couple of weeks, got a little angry, got a little pissed off, and then also got a lot of excited. That's that's what playoff hockey feels like, and it'll be good to have that feeling back um, after the way last year transpired. And quite honestly, this is not somewhere I thought they would be uh, two months from now, uh, two months ago. So that'll do it for this episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast. We will be back with you next week to talk playoff hockey and see how that series is going. For Mr. Andy Francis, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time on this country. Good night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.